Don't ask me to talk. From the sublime to the ridiculous. Join me, Stacey Heller. And me, Eric Ryder. As we talk about what's good to watch, read, see, listen to, and more. An edutaining one-hour break in your day that includes the segment, What Are We Eating? Sponsored by Dingfelder's Delicatessen. Stick with us for something good. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk here on 880 AM Kixie. This is a program that's a distraction from the negative stuff that we consume daily. We focus on the good stuff because good stuff should be shared. I'm Stacey Heller, and I am joined by my co-host, Eric Ryder. Hey, it's me. Good afternoon, and uh, happy Thursday, and happy, what are we talking, July 7th now. I know it's crazy. Can you believe it? (laughs) I I mean, and that means that summer has officially started at the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Because, uh, you know, the saying goes that summer really starts after the 4th, and so we're, we're in it. The weather is, the weather's in it. Yeah, well, we've been all over the place with the weather. It's like super hot and sunny and then cloudy and cool and then super hot and sunny and then cloudy and cool. So, well, you know, it's like um, it's like a mood ring. Seattle is like a mood ring. How about that? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have a mood ring when you were a kid? Never did. I think that might have been a little before my time. Although I think that's one of those things that comes back every like 20 years or so makes a comeback like lava lamps. Right. Right. Well, and if you shop at Spencer gifts, then lava lamps really never go out of uh, style. Gotcha. Um, that is assuming that Spencer gifts is still around. Uh, do you remember what Spencer gifts is? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, the place where all the kids went and it had all the like, which Wacky makes me stuff. wonder, will malls come back in like 20 years? I mean, because that was like a huge thing for a long time. And then they disappeared. And Spencer's Gifts, uh, a mall staple, if you will. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know that Bellevue Square works really hard to have the the area that, you know, Bellevue Square or uh, the collection, as they call it, to have it be like a third space, right? You've got home and either work or school and to have it be that third place. Um, and it's, it's hard to create that community because, I mean, I remember as a kid, like traveling in packs and going to Claire's and Spencer Gifts and mm-hmm. the pretzel place and the yogurt place and, and all that yeah. They, I mean, in the 80s, there was no bigger thing really than, you know, your local shopping mall. Right. Totally. Oh, my gosh. OK. Well. And, and speaking of, you know, I recently uh, went to the super mall, as they used to call it, for the first time in uh, at least a decade. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now it's called the Outlet Collection. Oh, wait, where is this? In Auburn. Oh, and how was it? It was okay. <laughs> it was about the same as it was like a decade ago last time I went. But last time I went, it was the Super Mall, and now it's the Outlet Collection, which just kind of goes to show, you know, the different steps that these uh, 
shopping centers or shopping malls, as they used to be called, are going to to try and make it seem like they're cool. They're with it, you know. But what was funny is that they, you know, they named the streets like Super Mall Boulevard, Super Mall Avenue. So when they changed the name, they had to go rename the streets, too. Oh, my gosh, that's interesting. Well, and I don't know about you, but I find that when I outlet shop, you know, once upon a time, it was truly where the goods and wares from a particular store would go to the outlet and you would get a deal. Now they run full production lines of things for the outlet. And, you know, it's like, okay, um, you know, that doesn't feel like kind of defeats the purpose of it. Right. It's it's a fascinating thing, um, and it's it's not how it used to be when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm just saying. True. Um, but I I, so, I did get a good deal on a beach hat at the H and M outlet. So, oh, that what was kind, kind of, of fun. What kind of beach hat did you go with? Uh just a like a straw fedora. Oh, okay. I can see you wearing that. That's good. I have a massive head, and so I have to wear uh, men's sized straw hats because otherwise nothing fits me and it looks ridiculous. I think this hat would probably fit you pretty well. All right. Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's a big head here. Um, so, Hey, and not just metaphorically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, on every level, I have a big head. <laughs> um, so last week it was Blink 182 Day, which you and I talked about. And you were like, seriously, they get a day of all the bands in this town and this kind of thing. Right. Well, turns out that I think the next or the day before. Um, where's, show, where's Green Day Day? I, I mean, I know. I know. They had far more success than Blink-182. I, 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 I just don't get it. That's all. I, you I, know? I don't really have anything against them. I just don't get how they're still a thing to this day. Like a band from that time period, the early knots, I think, was their heyday. Uh, and, you know, had maybe two, three hits. But really? I, <laughs> There's a ton of people that had two, three hits around that time that we're not talking fan- about now. Right, a rabid fan base. Well, or fans with rabies. Well, okay, maybe. Well, and I thought it was interesting that uh, you know here it was around the time that Travis Barker, who uh, is part of Blink One Eighty Two, went into the hospital with acute pancreatitis, and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't like bring this on somehow, did I? Like. I, I hope he's okay. I'm more curious if tattoo ink can cause acute pancreatitis. Uh, if <laughs> because so, that guy has probably absorbed more tattoo ink than uh, maybe anybody else on the planet. Well, and don't you remember as a kid that you were, you know, you had to be careful about lead getting into your system and right. like, you know, this whole thing about like, oh, if a pen um, or a pencil point breaks into your finger like the lead it can be really bad i'm like Hmm. all that ink can't be great i would think but you know tons of people have tons of tattoos and seem to be doing fine so uh but you know when you've covered every pore (laughs) of your body like he has does make me wonder if you're still able to breathe normally yeah a little bit actually if there's anybody that is listening to the show let us know we're curious about this uh 
you know, it's not like it's a good thing or a bad thing. We're just curious, like, you know, what's, what is the deal? Are there any um, long-term potential negative effects of having that level? That's like um, uh, Pete uh, Davis, is it Davis? Um, No, Pete, what's his name? Davidson. You know, Davidson. Yes. Thank you. And Machine Gun Kelly. Like there's a lot of people that have uh, that many tattoos. Post Malone. Yep. Oh my gosh. Post Malone, um, who is adorable and very funny uh, and very tattooed. So anyway, um, I'm just curious. Somebody tell me. There must be somebody that is listening to the show that uh, either has a lot of tattoos or knows a tattoo artist. I'm going to I'm going to find out the answer to the question. I think these days you and I not having a lot of tattoos were the exception <laughs> rather than well, the role. That is probably true, honestly. So they must be doing fine. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm sure. But there, we'll, there we'll find out in 50 years or so if there's real complications. That's true. Okay, so are you ready to talk about what today is, July 7th? Is it Green Day Day? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> okay. Eric, you're going to have to make that happen. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't really care if there's a Green Day <laughs> Day either. But... Uh, Considering that there was Blink-182 Day, I thought if you're going to have the power punk pop, uh, power pop punks, whatever you want to call it, uh, bands have a day, they were the bigger group. How about Violent Femmes Day? Hey, I'd celebrate that. Right? And like, you know, that whole like Blister in the Sun album. And I mean, I feel like I know the words to... Every song on that album. Self-titled debut from 1982, I believe. And yeah, I I think that probably connects with teenagers probably just about better than anything that's ever come out. It's about the most angsty record you ever heard, but so catchy. Right? Oh my gosh. I mean, I have a picture of me in that particular period of time when I was listening to that album and angst does not even begin to describe it <laughs> i'll have to send you uh the picture i've actually added it as part of my uh email signature line for my business um i decided to put an angsty version of myself from the 80s i mean because why not oh i'm gonna have to check that out mm-hmm. I-, I will share it with you uh so okay so today it is tell the truth day oh. which apparently has to do with relationships, which, I mean, I don't know, call me crazy, but shouldn't you be telling the truth every day? Um, yeah, yeah. I would I would think if you're just reserving it for one day a year, you're probably doing it wrong. Right. So that feels uh, weird. It is also Strawberry Sunday Day. Now, I don't know what I think about Strawberry Sunday Day. I mean, I'm not a... I'm not a Sunday person with strawberries. Like I'm not a fruit with ice cream person necessarily. So that to me is like a banana split. If you're going to have strawberries and just go straight for a banana split and otherwise have a hot fudge Sunday. I'm down for any of those. Oh, well, you're, you're clearly uh, more easygoing than I am about these things. Um, however, it is, World Chocolate Day and International Peace and Love Day. Now, one has to wonder if World Chocolate Day and International Peace and Love Day, like it all makes sense, right? Like 
everybody loving chocolate, it brings peace and love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think maybe a little bit of chocolate could grease the wheels towards more peace and love. Right? What's I... what's so funny about uh, chocolate, peace, and love? <laughs> <laughs> and understanding. I don't, I don't know. Songs were I mean... pulling out the old music references from the early 80s or late 70s right. then Might that was well. good that was yeah. very good um do you know anybody that doesn't like chocolate i know i think one person i actually do know a person that doesn't like chocolate and i still i i you know i it's my sister and i i trust my sister i love my sister but when she says she doesn't like chocolate i still kind of feel like maybe she's lying <laughs> because how <laughs> How is that possible <laughs> that you don't like chocolate? I agree. You know. I, I'm like, what chocolate have you had? Like, right. you know, what's your experience been? I just, I don't understand people that don't like chocolate. I mean, no judgment. Uh, and maybe, I mean, obviously if there's allergies or something, then, right. you know, um, I have a friend actually who, um, has done a lot of advocating for uh, EpiPens with allergies and um, and the reactions that you can have um, when you've got like anaphylaxis and this whole thing. And one of the things that was interesting to learn about this is if you have a severe allergy like that, then your body doesn't even like it. So if you're allergic to chocolate, most likely your body isn't even going to crave it. So that's the only thing I can think of is that people that don't like chocolate have some kind of a reaction to it. Maybe. And yeah. right. And so I wonder if there's a heightened sensitivity to chocolate and, uh, and they react a certain way. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're just part dog. <laughs> maybe they're part dog. <laughs> Dogs and cats can't have chocolate, you know? That is true. And isn't I that mean, crazy that, you know, dogs and cats can, you know, they can eat all kinds of stuff that we can't, but they can't have chocolate. They can't have grapes either. What's the deal? How? Wait, okay. First of all, I can't have grapes because, you know, bad things happen. But how does somebody figure out that they can't have grapes? Uh, well, because unfortunately some dogs have died from eating grapes, so... Really? What does yeah. it do to them? Well, it has a like a toxic reaction for them. So, wow, you, you got to be careful with what food you give your pets for sure, because uh, you know you may think. I, and my, my dog Gertie was just like begging me f for grapes the other day. <laughs> like, are you suicidal, kid? Come <laughs> on, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. So. Oh my gosh, that's interesting. Now, yeah. uh, don't give your dogs cats... grapes. All right, or, or so, chocolate. Uh, a PSA for you. Yes. Uh, my cats, uh, two of them, one who is no longer with us and one uh, who is, they like roasted asparagus, not sauteed, not boiled, not microwaved, roasted asparagus. It is the most bizarre thing. Pets are weird. Um, so anyway, so those are the days that it is today. Um, so, you know, the month that I'm most excited about is World Chocolate Day. Do you have a favorite candy bar? Uh, that is a good question because I like pretty much all of them. But a favorite, um, that's tough. I really like um, Cadbury has a fruit and nut uh, bar mm. that mm -hmm. I think is really good. Um, that's got... Uh, some raisins and almonds in it, I believe. 
And yeah, typically any like dark chocolate with fruit and nut is going to be my favorite. How about you? Uh, I guess I can never go wrong with a Kit Kat, which is just a classic. Mm, yeah. Um, and then I have always said that if I were on a deserted island and I had to pick one sweet to bring, I would bring M&Ms because the advertising campaign when I was growing up was melts in your mouth, not in your hands. And uh, so I figured, well, they won't melt and they're cheery. And so, you know, that would make me happy, right? Hey, M&Ms are good. They're hard to resist. That's for sure. They are. And uh, the, the, the one that's ubiquitous that I love is Snickers. As I think about it, like whenever, like every Halloween, people bring in candy for the office here. And I try mm-hmm. my best to avoid it because I'm trying to not have the empty calories. But anytime I see a Snickers, fun size or otherwise, <laughs> I can't help myself. I, I give in to a Snickers at every single time. Well, and their tagline is dead on. It really is satisfying. <laughs> yes. I mean... And and their campaign uh, that they started with Betty White uh, so long ago was just a brilliant campaign um, because it uh, you know when you're hangry it's not good and uh, Snickers really does satisfy and it fills you up uh, I mean empty calories for sure but it gets you through so you know that's key um, I love it okay well. I think that uh, I am in agreement with you, though, that there are not really many candy bars that I don't like, um, but definitely uh, love the classics, which reminds me of what we are going to be talking about today, of course, which last week we picked uh, classic family games. Oh, yeah. This should be an interesting conversation. Um, I do want to remind people, of course, that if you like this show, awesome. Tell your friends about it. If you listen to the podcast or if maybe you didn't know there was a podcast version, then wherever you listen to podcasts, check it out. You can subscribe to it. So if you miss the live version, you can listen to it later. We would so appreciate it if you rated it and maybe even made a comment. And also be sure to check out my other show, Stacy Connects. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts too. And uh, another reminder is if you have something to share, like perhaps about uh, tattooing or you have a topic or something good to share, remember that you can text or call us at 475-999-2726. We would love to get feedback from you. And yeah. here, or you what could you dial four seven five nine 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 bra six. I do like that one. <laughs> it's really a toss up between I think that cram and bran. That's true. Four seven five nine 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 bran. Okay, you got to put some music behind this, Eric. I'm working on it. Okay, all right, good. Because you know you're the wizard with this stuff. Uh. So did you break out the games uh, for when we uh, are going to talk about them when we come back? You like, know, did you play this past week? <laughs> I I would have liked to do that, but uh, I, I actually ne- never got around to it. So I'm just going to have to access the old uh, 
memory vault <laughs> when talking about these classic games because it's been a long time since I, I played a board game. All right. Well, then uh, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we can talk about these games and more. Keep listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacy and Eric. Don't ask me to talk. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Interested in learning something new? Meeting someone new? Find out things that we have in common? Well, of course you are. You're a human being. So let's get intentional about it. Join me, JDK Winnikin, every week and get all of that in less than an hour. I'm a writer, a historian, a social commentator, and my show is all about you. Really, that's what it's called. This show is all about you. Get my perspectives on the week's news and hear fascinating guests whose stories will inspire and move you. My show is all about giving you something that connects us. Join me Mondays on Kixie 880 at 3 p.m. or download it as a podcast. Can't get enough of Stacy and Eric? Then be sure and check out Stacy Connects with Stacy Heller wherever you find podcasts. Stacy chats with guests about a variety of topics, hoping to make a connection through conversation. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am your host, Stacy Heller, joined by our other host, Eric Ryder. Say hello. <laughs> hello. I'm the one that does most of the talking. Like, let's just be honest here. Uh, you know, you add uh, you add your own colorful commentary, and I just yammer on and on and on. Um, so while I don't, you I don't think you yammer, I think you get the conversation started, and then I like to hopefully complement that conversation with you know to to make it a discussion here. There you go. I like that. You're the conversation starter for sure. Oh, like fire starter. Makes sense. I have red hair then. Um, I emailed you, by the way, my uh, my email signature that has the angsty picture of me from the 80s. So you'll have to take a look at that <laughs> and let me know what you think. <laughs> um, did you get it? Yes. And I got to say, this doesn't look like you. It looks angsty, but. Maybe it's uh, right? just because it's so small, but you look very different now. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I Well, I smile now, and my hair is less fluffy, and I'm not wearing uh, a thousand bracelets on my one wrist and a watch that doesn't work. Hmm. I like the outfit, though. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, so you did not have time to play board games, and I didn't really either. However... As I have mentioned, I am at the Lake House, and we have uh, brought most of our board games here because, I don't know, summertime, rainy days, cloudy days, um, evenings, it's a perfect time for board games. And what's funny is the thing that Pete and I pulled out the other night was a puzzle. 
Cool. I mean, it's not a board game, right. but it is a classic. It's still um, in that genre of things, you know, at family activities that you can do involving cardboard. <laughs> right. Nice. I like that. Um, the other thing. But what, that, what was the picture of the on the puzzle? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I found a puzzle that is of the state of Washington, and it had um, so the whole state with all of the different kind of uh, areas and like the commerce that's um, or the attraction that is associated with that area. So, you know, in central Washington, there was the rodeo and there's the wind farms and cherries and tulips and uh, you know the space needle and the fairies and I learned so much about Washington and the the various things I was like I didn't know that this had something to do with uh Washington there was gold bars in one part of the puzzle and I was it in gold bar Washington I don't is is that a place (laughs) I believe so Uh, is it in the like is it in the kind of uh north western part of the state no northeastern no north south east yeah northwestern part of the state uh let me look exact location for you because i was like gold bars what's that about yeah it's it's kind of east of sultan okay on us2 between sultan and uh index Interesting. I was wondering, I was like, is there some hidden gold in them bar hills that I don't know about? <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was really kind of fascinating. Um, so that was a really fun puzzle to do. Nice. And that does sound I like find, fun. I, yeah, I'm a big puzzle person. Um, okay. Have you ever done a puzzle with somebody and, uh, and they don't approach the puzzle the same way as you? Um, I got to say, it's been probably 40 years since I did a puzzle, so I don't remember too much about it, um, but it seemed like to me the the uh, the strategy that pretty much everybody that I did a puzzle with, including myself, uh, was to get the edge pieces laid out first and connected and then work inward. What, what about right. you? Absolutely the same. Lay out all the pieces and then go through them, turn them over so that you can see them. Start with the outside edges and then start, uh, once that's done, then start grouping like pieces together. Like there was the flag. So, you know, flag pieces together and then putting them in the general area of where they go. My husband, he's crazy. He was like, he got bored of doing the edges and then he just started putting random pieces together. I was like, it has been 30 years and I did not know that this was your approach to puzzle doing. And I don't know if I can get over this. I mean, I don't think you can really do it wrong unless for some reason you're on a time crunch. Uh, but you know, as long as you're having fun, I think that's the the most important thing, right? This isn't about fun, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. Maybe it is. Well, and, Playing a board game, it's hard to find a good board game that you can play with just two people. Now, yeah. I am a huge fan still of Battleship, and it's something that uh, I used to play with the kids if they were homesick for the day and they were starting to feel better and they were bored, and we would play Battleship a lot. 
And I love playing Battleship and trying to be strategic and think about where they would go and also uh, think about how they would plot out their ships. Yeah, that was a fun one. That that was uh, one that I didn't know, but I remember uh, at friends' houses playing that and having a good time. I also really liked Connect Four. I had a like a travel version of that even, and I remember playing that quite a bit and pretty sneaky, sis. Um, <laughs> having having a good time with the Connect Four, even though it's like ver- just vertical checkers essentially, but it was good. Uh, that's a really fun one. Now. How do you feel about Monopoly? Monopoly, yes. Um, I actually do own Monopoly. Uh, I I bought a Star Wars edition of Monopoly, like oh. I want to say 15, 16 years ago. Uh, and I've, I think I've played it like twice. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I think it's a fun game, but it's one of those that goes on for a long time. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to have everybody on board to play for a weekend or you hey, just set a timer and say, look, when this goes off, whoever's ahead wins. Um, right. And I think, you know, those little hacks can make it uh, a little more fun. I also think you find out a lot about a person in how they play Monopoly. Like, you know, how you keep your money, how you set it up, uh, you know, do you put it out like it's, you know, in a register type thing? Do all your dollars have to be facing the same way, uh, you know, or is it just like a pile of cash? Um, you know, are you diligent about nabbing people when they land on your space or are you sort of half paying attention? Um, I feel like Monopoly is one of those games that could be added to some sort of a psychological evaluation. Just saying. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think it's really hard to find somebody that will agree to play Monopoly (laughs) with you at this point. And since you need more than two people usually for it to be any fun, uh, that that one's a tough one to uh, now, to get did done. Did you play with free parking, where anytime you had to pay, like for a community chest or you know for taxes, that it went into the middle and it was uh, free parking? Yeah, I think I did play that as a kid, but um, I I don't remember the last couple of times if if that's what we did or not. Yeah, that is, uh, it's one of those things where that concept, uh, it's like how, uh, like the fandom has demanded that that's how it be played. And I think a lot of people play it that way, but that's not actually the rules, um, which I was stunned to learn out to learn later in life that that's not the rules. I was like, what do you mean? That's not the rules. Of course, that's the rules. That makes total sense. Uh, turns out it's not the rules. Um, Okay, what about um, Trouble? Do you remember the game Trouble? I I don't, but I just want to say a quick side note on Monopoly before we move on. Yeah. And there's a fascinating history uh, befi- behind the uh, development of Monopoly that uh, we don't have time to cover here, but I, if you're interested, I'd recommend checking that out. I I, oh, I think I listened to a, the- a podcast about it, but also, you know, of course, there's online, um, like Wikipedia or whatever articles 
that uh, go into it. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. Like somebody, the the first person that developed it, basically it was stolen from them, the idea, and then that person got rich off of it, and then Parker Brothers bought it from them, and it just goes on and on, all kinds of different uh developments and backstabbing and stuff so wow yeah that's interesting just like the game itself really Uh, yeah so you can you can get rich off of it or you can end up destitute that is fascinating well uh do you remember also the game of life i do remember the game of life yep the best thing about that game was the spinner the sound that it made yeah, I, re- the spinner. I remember liking the uh, the the fact that you had uh, little plastic mansions, um, and uh-huh. then kind of dreaming about oh maybe I could have a a plastic mansion <laughs> at some point to live in <laughs> a a powder blue car with a wife and four children right and live in the pl- the plastic mansion and whatever and um, I always thought like life must have come out like in the eighties because of the the plastic mansions or whatever but that's one that goes way way back as well um, that's one of the first board games ever made was life mm-hmm. oh yeah and uh Milton they Bradley. must have yep they must have to update the salaries and the jobs over time i would imagine yes right um because i feel like you know you've got to be in keeping with like what what the latest is because can you imagine a kid you know, now doing it and like, you're making $50,000. And, you know, it's like, so I'm a teacher. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Um, okay. What are some other classics that you remember playing? Did you play Risk as a kid? I did play Risk and I, I feel like I played strategy or a strategy or one of those. Stratego. Or- yeah, yeah. I remember playing those for sure, but I think probably the one that got played the most, uh, aside from chess, because I was a little bit of a chess buff for a little while, was um, Scrabble. Oh, really? To this day, I think that might be the easiest to get a group of people involved with is Scrabble. My in-laws are big Scrabble players, and um, it gets me super intimidated, and uh, we play now we have a text group and, uh, everybody shares their wordle and how they've done. And I'm like, okay, I'm like right in there with where they are and figuring out these words. And, uh, bananagrams is very similar to Scrabble and coming up with words. Um, so I'm able to play. I'm just not as strategic about Scrabble. I just sort of play like, look, I made a word and I'm not looking at every like, you know, is it a triple letter? Is it a, you know, double word, you know, that kind of thing. I'm just always like, oh, look, it fits in that spot and I can use most of my letters. Awesome. Um, So that's kind of a, that's not the best approach for this game. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those where it's like when, when you get your hand, it's like uh, you're torn because like the, some the highest uh, point letters are also sometimes the hardest to use <laughs> in the game. So you're like uh, alternately excited, like, woo, I got a Q to like, where the heck am I going to put this Q? You know? Right. So, well, yeah. and so then you have to learn all the little ins and outs, like right. that QI is considered a word. S is the best letter to get. 
because then oh, you yeah. add that on the end to just about anything, make it totally. plural, and then you get all those points. Oh, it's it's totally the best. Um, all right, so you really played a lot of the classics. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, chess is chess is like hello. It's been yeah, around forever. It doesn't it's get classic. much more classic than that, right? And Scrabble. Um, what about Clue? Clue. Um, you know, I've seen the movie. One of the few uh, <laughs> movies that based on a board game, but I don't know that I've ever played the game. Uh, it is. Um, if I can like really focus on it, then uh, I can do okay. Typically, though, I cannot focus. I get totally like, what did this person say? Like, where were they? And so, I don't think that I've ever gone ahead and tried to guess first it's just i sort of am along for the ride on that one it's fun though yeah totally i mean who doesn't want to be colonel mustard or <laughs> mrs white or whatever professor plum or professor yeah, plum yeah exactly that was a good movie kind of it was weird yes that was one where they uh, created different endings for it and then depending on what theater you went to you got a, a different ending for it which i I'm not sure has ever been done before or since, but uh, pretty fun. Yeah, it was really cool, and it had a pretty um, all-star cast, if I recall. Great cast, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. And um, if you've seen the movie Knives Out, uh, that was uh, a couple years ago, that movie definitely very clearly influenced by Clue. Oh, yeah, for sure, which was such a good movie. I love that movie. And apparently they're coming out with the second one. which Knives Out too. Yeah, so I'm sort of curious because it's one of those, like, why can't we leave well enough alone? But that's Put those knives topic. away. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but that movie, you know, James Bond and Captain America in the same movie, sign me up. I mean, I'm with you. That was, uh, it was such an unexpected movie, too. Um. And that's the thing that I think uh, so many people really responded to. The fact that it was like, you know, we haven't seen this. This hasn't been done a whole bunch of times. And I think Clue, it was such a good movie, but it was derided because, you know, oh, it's a board game. And, you know, right. how could they actually do something with this? And it's like, no, no, no. Well, this, because most board games don't have that kind of a detailed story. So making a movie based on it, it's kind of dumb. Like, there was no need for the battleship movie, honestly. <laughs> but, well, isn't that every war movie ever? Well, true. But I mean, again, <laughs> the what clues did I mean, what storyline did you have in Battleship aside from, you know, two fleets of uh ships trying to sink each other? This is true, although I'm pretty sure that uh there was a movie with um Sean Connery in the eighties or nineties that was like about submarines or something. Of course, yeah. The, wasn't that the hunt for Red October? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th there's great stories that can be told about submarines and war and all kinds of stuff. But just Battleship itself, <laughs> the yeah, game doesn't have anything <laughs> except for some boats just shooting at each other. That's not this a story. This is true. This is true. Uh, did you ever play the game... Um, um, Oh my gosh. Uh, how can I forget it? Um, Memory? 
<laughs> okay, that's funny. Uh, clearly, I did not do well at that. No, I was going to say um, Shoots and Ladders and Candyland. Oh, yeah. I remember playing those as a toddler, but, uh, you know, you get you outgrow those ones pretty quick, I think. Yeah, well, you do. Um, and it helps with the counting. And um, the other one that I like is Sorry. We played that a lot as a kid. Um, when we were kids and sending people back and you had to get a certain role and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of cool that our kids have gotten or have stayed really interested in games. We play more, um, we play some board games, but we more often than not play card games. And uh, we have some family favorites that we play. Uh, we play something called Quiddler. We play something called um, Five Crowns. Um, these are card games. Okay. Um, Never heard we're of that big, one. Yeah, they're they're um, one of them is using words. The other is. Um, I know you got it. Go go ahead. Sorry, finish your thought. Oh, uh, just getting runs of numbers um, with the other one. Um, so those are really fun. Hmm. And I I know you got to play Trivial Pursuit. You know, nobody will play with me. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played it in a long time, but I remember that being a lot of fun. And uh, unfortunately, I found out that uh, I get a little competitive. I'm not normally a competitive person, but playing Trivial Pursuit for some reason gets me like all wound up like, uh, you know, people that bet on sports or whatever. Yeah. This is This is why people don't want to play with me, because all of a sudden I'm like... Oh, I know that. I know that. And, uh, you know, I apparently become a, a knowledge jerk or something. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, Whatever. We'll, we'll get when we get together sometime, we'll play around. Uh, well, you'll win. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. I feel like this is in our future. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to sign like a Trivial Pursuit prenup or something where it's just exactly. like <laughs> any anger. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, there stays with the game, and then exactly. we we let it all go at the end, exactly. regardless of but who I... won, who questioned wh- whose dignity and intelligence. It's, exactly, we just let it go at the end of the trivial pursuit. Well, and, and that's the thing with family game nights. Uh, you know, I think it's so cool when uh, you know I love the fact that our family will still continue to get together even as adults and hang out and play games and whatever uh and the family dynamics are so funny and you know if you can walk away with a sense of humor and not take it too seriously then it can be really fun um and everybody just regresses to their childhood version of themselves so it's a it's an interesting thing um and I feel like people forget about how fun games can be. And now there's even really cool games that you can play that, um, you know, in a pinch, dare I say it, using your phone to play a game. Like there's the heads up game that you can do. And if you're trying to distract your kids, um, and you're waiting in line or something like that. You can play heads up. That's really fun. And then there's the uh, the game called One Night. Um, it's about the whole, uh, werewolves and villagers and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's a really fun game. So there's, there's a ton of uh, great games that people have come up with that are, have gone beyond the classic board games and 
are now really, really cool and engaging. So, um, you know, there's, there is a lot to play out there. Absolutely. Yeah. But do you think today's generation has any interest in that? Do you think people now are getting together around their Nintendos or Segas or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even plugged into what the current yeah, video console is like... now. I'm, I'm still talking about the ones from the 90s. But, uh, you know, I know that there's very popular Xbox, whatever right. volume we're on now. Uh you think more families are getting together around the video game console these days as opposed to board games? Um, I mean, I think that kids like, you know, I know my sons, uh, they will play with each other and they'll play video games together because, you know, now you can play with people for a while there, the game among us, which is an app that you can play and you can play with a bunch of people. We played that as a family. Um, that was really fun. Um, and we could be anywhere and playing it. Um, so there is some of that. I don't know if it definitely feels like something that you get together and you're all together for, you know, the holidays or for a weekend or right. for a whatever. But all of that to say, there are a lot of places that these days are uh, like bars or cafes and things that have a theme of engaging with board games and other types of games that people can play while they're hanging out. So, you know, there it's still happening and, uh, I'm a big fan and I feel like it could happen more. I mean, you know, put down your phones for a little while and, um, and just have a good old fashioned night of classic game playing. Well, they must be popular still because, you know, people are still coming out with new ones like uh, cards against humanity is one of those super popular games. And I don't know, I haven't played any of these, but I know like settlers of Catan was a big thing and, you know, I think D&D is making a big comeback. Oh, um, I don't think it ever went anywhere. With well, a that's, group. That's, that's probably true. But I think Stranger Things has really kind of reignited people's D&D experience. Um, that's true. But so maybe we'll we'll see Monopoly and life make a big comeback at some point. Who knows? You never know. I You know, it's, it's pretty cool. If there is a game that uh, somebody that's out there listening, plays or remembers or um, wants to share, then remember, you can let us know. Um, reach out and tell us what that game is. You can text or call and leave a message for uh, 475-999-2726 or Eric. 475-999. Bra six. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what was that one? Oh, Bra 6. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean. Well, I, that, I was thinking, is there one that would be more game specific? And the best I had was 47599 Zap Ann. Oh, that's not bad. Hey, if somebody's a uh, big fan of laser tag out there, which I think is still being played, dial 47599 Zap Ann. Perfect. Um, all right. Well, that was kind of fun. Um I wonder what game would pair best with Dingfelder's Delicatessen. Ooh, something that uh, was uh, easily cleaned off, I would think, because otherwise <laughs> you're going to get some uh, sandwich on your board exactly. game. Yep. Ex- exactly. All right. Well, let's find out. We're going to be joined by Vance, 
and uh, we'll ask him like what he recommends. What would he pair with certain games? And what would he, he... parcheesy with <laughs> a, a charcuterie plate? There you go. I mean, I'm just saying that part was a little cheesy. <laughs> yes. No, I was, I've been trying to uh, figure a way to squeeze in Parcheesi into this. Do you remember Parcheesi? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. But try to figure out a way to squeeze just that word in because it's fun to say. It's a good word. It is a good word. Um, all right. Well, then keep listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. We will be back with our show sponsor and the owner of Dingfelder's Delicatessen and Nourish Catering, Vance Dingfelder. Keep listening. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Me to talk. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am Stacy Heller, joined, of course, by Eric. Hey, you're back. Absolutely. Ready so, to hear about what we're eating. Exactly. With the so, Lord of the Sandwich. The Lord himself. So after a uh, acrimonious, hopefully not, night of playing board games with your family, what better <laughs> way? to start the fresh new day than with maybe breakfast from Dingfelders. So Vance, uh, oh, what are you thinking? Breakfast, breakfast from Dingfelders. When you say that, the first thing that literally pops into mind is Saturday and Sunday mornings, because we open at, not at 9 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. And what do you have on a Saturday or a Sunday morning? You have... You have really good bagels with some cream cheese and lox or our in-house smoked salmon, which is to die for. We spoke about that. And we do sturgeon, sable, uh, on availability. And then our whitefish is to die for. It's so good. And our whitefish salad is phenomenal. And our bagel sandwiches come with organic heirloom tomatoes that are ripened, thinly sliced red onions, some capers, pickles and coleslaw on the side. And if you want potato salad instead of the coleslaw, you can sub it. So when I think breakfast, that's what I think. We have something special on our menu. And when it runs out, we run out, and then you can get it cold. It's our hash. It's our our corned beef and pastrami hash. And it's mimicked from a bar in New York City called P.J. Clark's. Oh, yes, and been P. there. P.J. Clark's has this prime rib hash that was just amazing. It was, it was a hangover beater, basically. Yep. And I wanted to create a hash that was flavorful and chunky, not this ground you know, stuff that you've seen, you know, dog stuff, food. Out of, stuff out of the can. It's just wrong. It's dog food. Yes, that's what we used to call it. Um, I, I, I wanted to have a, it, something that resembled that. So we put chunks of 
of uh, yellow Yukon golds and russets and peppers, organic peppers and onions. And we even put some uh, Mama Lil's peppers in it. And it's spicy. It's yummy. And you can get a poached egg on it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's So, you know, you want to talk. I used to do late night hash when I first opened. I remember. Uh, from, and from, here's the deal. You can do it warm, like you said, but I have also bought the hash, brought it home, put it in my cast iron skillet, and then put eggs over it and cooked it in the oven. And it oh, is amazing. So you made a frittata out of the hash. Well, I mean, I made a, you it's know, a I put a, a big thing of the hash in the cast iron skillet and then cooking right. the eggs over it. Over it and then so throw it in the oven. And yep. Bake it. Oh, wow. You know, that's a great idea, Stacey. Ugh. I, I got to give that a shot, actually. I bet it's good. That's a good way it to do it. It is so good. You and you're right. It is perfect salt and hangover food. What? You put salt and pepper on it? Of course. Okay. Because it's got to have a little salt and pepper on eggs. And Of course. You know, you know it sounds really good. Um, I mean, you have a bagel with that. Toasted bagel with butter, right? And, right. And you're and and that's just, or even a bagel with cream cheese and locks. I mean, how bad? Or your rye. Well, the rye. I was thinking Kaiser roll, really. Oh, Kaiser roll well, was see, the first thing that came. Like, how how cool would it be to butter a Kaiser roll and take a scoop of that frittata hash mixture, throw it on that, and have that. <laughs> With the egg on top and With some cheese, and, now mm, it's like sloppy hash. You know, I, I have I, I have a, an inkling that this is going to be on a menu. This might I, be a menu thing, sloppy hash. Because sloppy hash, baby. I like it to be sloppy, you know? Maybe we can come up with a better, more appetizing <laughs> name than sloppy hash. But right. okay. sloppy is good, you know? We can Stacey's call it. Stacy's uh No, uh, no Stacy. You're not getting this. Wait, Stacy. Stacy? <laughs> oh man. How about we All call right. it we call it um why don't we do something like happy hash? Hi, <laughs> right. I like that. Hangover, Hangover hash. hash. Hangover hash. That's there you what go. We'll call it. We'll call it a hangover hash sandwich. Oh my goodness. So we're <laughs> Creating new <laughs> items for the, the menu of Dingfelders right here live on the air. We're reopening, okay? I'm, I'm, it's Terry Fletcher, my 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 contractor, has been yeah. taking seven months to do this. And okay. He said, "Oh, he said, oh, no problem. It's going to take about six, eight weeks." <laughs> Everything always and, takes longer oh, than you think. Oh, you know what? It'll be fine. It'll be. Fine. It'll be. You know what? It People just what have to is, keep stopping okay? in. We're blessed. You know what we could really use, Stacy. If any of your listeners, um, we need counter help. You know, a lot of our okay. staff is going off. They're, you know, they're they're college students, and they're on their way to their careers. It's unfortunate that we're losing, you know, four of the six people that we had working in the front of the deli. And it just happened. It's a transitionary period. But we're having a tough time finding people. And, right. you know, Dingfelders is a fun place to work. It's not easy. 
But you make good money. You know, you make great work, money. People who work the front, you know, they're doing, you know, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven dollars an hour with tips. Wow, that's nice. not bad, right. right? Especially for a uh, for a young person. If I had the time, you could pay me in food, and I would do it because it's that good. And unfortunately, we're out of time, but uh, we'll check back in with you next week, Vance. Thank you, Eric. Right. I really appreciate it. Stacy. God bless you. I love you both. Um, and come by the deli. Come for some yeah. breakfast. Let's get some food, hangover cash. I'm going to have to set an alarm. Go to the deli for food and work. Yeah, there you go. Take care. Have awesome. a great weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Vance. Bye. So what are we going to talk about next week? Let's find out. We'll spin the wheel. All right. Best classic TV shows. Okay. I love it. Uh, Do we want to put like a, you know, like we end at the 80s or 90s or are we thinking like it's like 50s, 60s, 70s? What are we thinking? Oh, I'm I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about 50s, 60s or 70s TV, really. So right. uh, I think we got to include everything up to like 2015. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll do it. All right. So as long as it's listen, good. Exactly. So uh, listen, next week, we're going to talk about classic TV shows. Uh, you are listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller and Eric Ryder. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah.